the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School 509, where sports is the brain, comedy is the pilot, and the sweet Jesus is our chest. Please sit back and enjoy the ride. Now, my Cutty Corner shout out goes out to uh, Herschel Walker, a positive one. He, he also gave me this gem. Um, when prompted about him being called a coon in public, he had this to say. They called me a coon the other day, and people think that is a bad turn. That's the guys on front of the country. If you know anything about a coon, you're one of the smartest animals out there. <laughs> this, oh my God. Like I said, I kept coon from coming in that front door. Hey man, he's trying to. Hey man, he just. He, I wasn't Jerry he Jones and his friend at a school in Georgia. That's what they needed to be. All right, well, let's get to it. Uh, y'all ready to start the show? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know what the fuck Pedro had. Cow- Cowboys Pedro. Game. Is that commercial, by the way? If yeah, it's curious. commercial. If you didn't know, Cowboys game was commercial, so now oh, I no, can I focus on <laughs> this. Anyways, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter. Also, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash highscore510. We love any support you would love to donate to the show or become a monthly subscriber. Shout out sponsorship. And we are here with. Uh, this is AG3. I'm not coming faster to anything right now. I'm tired. I've been awake. Had to work at four this morning. I mean, I know I woke up at four. Had to go to work after that. Covering all these damn World Cup games. That was my last one. I was thinking about signing up to cover some more, but that, that's that's over and done. What the hell with that. I'm tired. <laughs> Here's your sound bite. Well, back in kickboxing, back in the day when I was an amateur, when I was really young and had no, I didn't have the fight dietitian, who was the guy that looks after us here with my meals and whatnot. I did not have him on deck. I wasn't in the UFC. Ah, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> okay, I, um, fuck, how do I put the, I, I, I busted a nut to make weight. <laughs> Man, Jerry, only you would find that shit funny, man. About here, I don't want to hear about no man busting a nut. And one, right. and, and I'm sure it, what what was he? But were they wearing ounces then too? Yeah, they they go by ounces. It goes by. He must have they don't a go by no ounces, dude. They don't go by no motherfucking ounces. Yeah, they do. They they measure by ounce. Uh, by, by, is a uh, what are the breakdowns? The after pounds, it's pounds, is ounces, man. grams, and they ounces. don't even do pounds because he was talking about being an amateur kickboxer, probably in whatever fucking country he's in. Maybe he's like a tantric like masturbator or something like that. So like he, no, he, he gets into a groove. Pound. He gets into a nice lather. So he'd be there for like three hours. Like give me give me an hour. He's like, you got one hour. And he's sitting there sweating off beads. That that sweat loss there. And then the, the finish, you know, that could have that could have been I'm like give me this shitty ass sound bite. I've been working my ass off this week, burning a candle belt. You give me this shitty ass sound bite. Shout out to Israel Adesanya making weight, man. That's how you do what you gotta do while you while you trying to holler at Taylor Rooks. Yeah. Shout out to Israel Adesanya, whatever fucking name is, for not understanding that. Even when he was young, being too stupid to realize you don't nut out pounds. 
see these men nuts busy. See, they got to keep their nuts busy. And we are here with everybody's favorite truck driver, Captain P Funk. I am being uh, Mr. Mom right now because I ain't getting no women around here to do all this dirty work. Well, here's your sound bite, Mr. Mom. Do you know we're the greatest country in the United States and the world because we have the United States military? <laughs> this, this man a new kind of ignorant. <laughs> Even the slaves weren't this ignorant. They weren't given education. They weren't it, this ignorant. We hoping no, that everyone he's... votes this week. <laughs> Georgia... You know what they need you to vote. I'm hoping that you know how they used to have the literacy <laughs> tests to vote. They need to have it to run for shit. They should. I agree. I do somewhat agree on that one. And we are here with. Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon, aka Taco Pablo. Happy to be here. Um, seems like we we started talking sports early, so I don't expect to say anything else about <laughs> major sport link for the rest of the show. Rest of your thank, day, you me, thank you for letting me get that in early. <laughs> You're welcome, Brandon. You are welcome. Or should and, I say thank you to the Cowboys? Oh, you know what? We need to thank the Cowboys for a lot of different things. Thank the Cowboys for a lot of different things. That beautiful <laughs> man, Jerry Jones. There's theory floating out that they kept the Cowboys Colts game on for Sunday night to cover up the whole Deshaun Watson situation this afternoon. <laughs> There's like, hey man, whatever happens, everybody's gonna be watching the Cowboys. That that could be true. That could be true. Here's your sound bite. I could give a fuck how big the big is, how fine the bitch is. She out of pocket. If Jesus can't save these hoes, why are you trying? If Jesus can't save these hoes, why are you trying? <laughs> Glad that still lives on the internet. And my name is Jared, aka DJ Art with two T's that... for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just chart. I've noticed black people have the genius to put the curse word after they say the race of the person. We're white dudes, we always put it in front. And if we would just make that little adjustment, we could save so many careers, so many jobs could be saved in the white community if we would just put it after. You never notice that in conversation here, black guy being like, man, I was standing in this Asian motherfucker came in, he starts talking about, but you don't even hear it. You're just sitting there, oh, what did this Asian motherfucker do? I would love to hear the rest of this story, right? Dude, I would tell the exact same story, right? I'm standing there, right? This fucking Asian comes in, right? Like, oh, hey, easy, 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 dude. What year is it, you know? Bill Burr is hilarious, man. Yeah, shout out to Bill Burr. He had a uh, another uh, clip that was actually pretty hilarious, Aaron. Uh, it made me think of you. I was like, man, Aaron would have a, a good buddy to watch uh, Anton Fisher with. <laughs> oh, I, I saw that clip. One time my wife was on the plane with me and she we were going somewhere far. So she had like a, a tablet and I started watching a movie and she had fallen asleep. And I was I was watching a movie and I was laughing so hard I woke her up. And then she, you know, when you don't know what somebody's laughing at and you just start laughing, she's like, what are you, what are you laughing at? And I was trying to hide it. And she looked and I was watching Precious. I don't even... Oh my God. Oh my God. It was literally, oh my God. Some shit, it just gets so mean. It's just so mean. It, it pushes, pushes you through yeah. into comedy again. She was, I, the 
mother said something so fucking mean, and then they just cut to her face, and she was. <laughs> she was so sad. I just. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm being honest, I was wheezing. I was literally like laying in the. Aisle. Yeah, me and him could watch Antoine Fisher together for sure. Yep, Antoine Fisher. Antoine Fisher, my boy. Well, that shit uh, made me laugh, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it is sad. Like, it was definitely a sad movie. I didn't even see yeah, all of funny. it. it sad definitely a funny movie, too. All right, let's get to some news. In news this week, a German study found that cows fed with industrial hemp produce milk with THC. What do you guys think about that? So do bitches. Teddy Russell do. I think that's BS here because ain't nobody feeding no cow no leaf. They still got hemp crystals and THC crystals on it. You know that's true. The Germans will feed it. The Germans would do something like that. Feed the cows the the, the weed plant that still got crystals and THC out here. Man, every brother would have that plant ripped up and rolled into a fucking backwood before the cow get to it. It's hemp. It's hemp. It's not marijuana. It's hemp. It's hemp, which, which is a relative. THC, it does have any THC. It does have some trace amounts in other cannabinoids. It does not have a large amount that's worth smoking, mm-hmm. but there is it is in it. And so it doesn't uh, have a large amount worth doing anything elsewhere. Well, when you feed it to cows, apparently they metabolize it and it ends up concentrating certain levels of THC in the milk. That's science, man. You can't you can't you can't argue with science. So does that mean the cows are high because they eat the hemp? Well, yeah, they say so unlike marijuana, hemp for industrial purposes like cow feed as like a filler or a mm-hmm. cheap cheap substitute for different feeds is legal as long as it has a limited THC content in both Europe and the US. The THC limit is usually at 0.2%. Um, which was raised to 0.3% in 2021. But they did say that cows who were exposed to the hemp did show signs of behavioral differences. They said when cows ate rich THC silage or silage, researchers observed a change in animal behavior such as pronounced tongue play, increased yawning, salivation, nasal secretion formation, prolapse, and reddening of the nictitating uh, membrane. That's like a part of the eyelid, apparently. And somnolent appearance, which means tired, tired appearance. Wait, so do, cows, you know, do you know what propolis is? That's crazy. Um, they're doing that. Prolapse, prolapse. Prolapse. You know what that is? No, what's prolapse? Would a booty hole come out? That's basically, you're almost making a flower out your booty hole. Oh, yeah. That's pushing out so hard that it comes out. It comes out of your the hole. <laughs> those, hey, these categories, man. I'm just saying that's what they observed. And then they said they were able to record... Uh, Who was looking so hard for to find a prolapse? Uh, well, cow, cows <laughs> prolapse. I, I've seen cows prolapse driving through Kentucky, uh, Kentucky <laughs> not Kentucky, but uh, Kansas. Go through the head of Texas and southern southern Kansas. That's all you see. After hearing that, I don't believe you believe in regular sex. I think you like prolapsing. <laughs> Come on. I think you just been hiding. <laughs> you hide behind regular sex. Uh, you like you like those preachers who are gay, but they exactly. hide behind. With the anti-gay rhetoric? Those were not anti-gay remarks. Those are anti-LGBTQ remarks that I make because they are political terrorists. Uh, They are probably the closest things to the Ku Klux Klan in the modern political era. (laughs) You like that with, man. Hey, man, regular sex. And then you out here, you out here paying hookers just to prolapse in front of you. Come on. I just want to see that rose. That's all I'm going to do. I like booty. Show me that, what that rose, baby. The- I'll give you extra 20 if you make it look like a tulip. I am what I am. 
Would you guys, uh, you know, they're making like cereals that can use orange juice, cereals that can go with water now. How do you guys feel about different milks, hemp milks coming out that might give you a little buzz? Would you guys try it? I'm Christian, so I'm not trying anything. With <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't trying that shit either, Jared. No, how far, how far we are, how far away are we where churches have their own dispensaries attached? <laughs> to the building when they see how much money it can bring in <laughs> especially if they got an older crowd that might need some like you know need some t tinctures and some gummies oh yeah man this way somebody be preaching about uh about how it helped their healing or whatnot man they're gonna have dispensaries there they got tax breaks man they're gonna figure out a way i'm saying we're 18 months away from the first you'll see it in the news the first church damn it's only 18 months brandon shit it's gonna have it quick, man. That's tight. Hey, we should patent that idea and start uh, selling it around <laughs> to people, Brandon. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, and and that could be a boon to the to the entire economy of the neighborhood because with with the with the with the tax exemptions of being a church, you can really make some hay there, and you can actually shape your community potentially. Instead, of all these liquor stores in the neighborhood, we're gonna have our own cannabis dispensary and church that will then help. You know, saying reinvest in the communities. I'm surprised that Pastor Harlem driving a Maserati ain't done it yet. His his, his church ain't big enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, was he choking the partitioners? At it did say that the cows ingested 86 times the amount of THC required to get humans to experience the psychotropic effects. Come so, on, man, there you go, right there. Well, it was eating because you know how much they can eat. They eat so much yeah, seed that like, eating. yeah. So like, I'm sure like if you had as much of the the hemp feed and you were able to distill it correctly that they had you could probably you, you garner some thc off it that would be dosable amounts but they said the cow's milk uh did contain high concentrations of thc and cbd and other cannabinoids but not enough to measure them yet but they said also the symptoms subsided uh, a few days after they were stopped giving that feed so they were high for a few days you know what i'm saying <laughs> you don't you smell no weed on me do you In other news, Palmer Lucky, the man who created the Oculus Rift, announced that he had invented a headset, a VR headset that kills the user if they die in the game. What do you guys think about that? Shit, they might have to go ahead and slice it. He should be the first one to try it. And how we know it really worked? He, you know, who tried it? Here, I'll share an image of it. He said that he affixed three explosive devices to the front. <laughs> where if triggered by a certain end of game sequence would set the explosives off, destroying the person's frontal load, basically blowing your goddamn face off. <laughs> why the hell would someone want to put, why would he invent this? Uh, <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to play no VR with ultimate uh, consequences. I don't even like playing VR period. Cause I don't like sweating when playing video games. I'll sweat at the gym. All right. So here's, here's my, my only take back on this. If you an adult and you put on that thing, you say, all right, cool. I'm willing to die for this call of duty match right now. <laughs> that, that That's on you. Right. But at the same time, I've played enough games where the game, you know, the game cheats sometimes. <laughs> and I hate to risk my life on, Hey man, <laughs> this other person on the other end of this. There's also a thing called glitches. It's, it's it's yeah. also another thing called Jared's internet. Yeah, it's my internet. Exactly. You don't also a thing called cheaters and boosters. <laughs> uh, he's anyway. a serial killer, man. He's got a boosted router and he's over here. He's playing with a CPU, not a PlayStation 5, man. That's messed up. Palmer Lucky, the founder of it, uh, sold the Oculus uh, in 2014 for two billion to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, which is the basis for the meta world or meta. But he said he was inspired by a uh, Japanese anime 
cartoon, yeah. I believe. Sword Art Online. What is it called again? Sword Art Online. Yeah, Sword Art Online, where in the game, players would play online and it would do some kind of like microwave radioactive shit would fry your brain if you lost online. It would kill you. And he said... Uh, the explosives were uh, easier to do and more tangible because he didn't know how to. Uh, he's like he'd have to be hooked up to some big ass power generator or you know getting getting something in there that could emit enough radio frequency or I'm microwave frequency to kill you was one uh, more too hard. time. Isn't this shit illegal? He built an explosive device. I can't build one in my house. Even if I say, "Hey man, I just built this shit," so in case a dog shit on my lawn. No man, you can't do that. Isn't this shit illegal? <laughs> that's the question we gotta, that's the question we gotta get to the root of man he's literally <laughs> telling you I, I make bombs at my house and you're like all right let's write an article about this guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's see if there's a market for it he basically is also an engineer or something like that for defense contracts he's a company that has defense contracts with the u.s military so he, he's he's into this kind of shit i think i think he's he's into the anime shit he's into you know weaponry and he created VR. It's just part of his little thing thing, I guess. I don't know. In other news, Elon Musk says the brain chip Neuralink is set to begin human trials in the next six months. Oh, fuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going anywhere. Simon says you gotta go. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. Call me when he crosses 110th Street. Fuck. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Brandon, please say something. Oh. I, I'm very unfamiliar with this. I've sworn off Elon Musk 2022. But if you want to talk to me about this 2023, I'll be happy to to circle back in the new year about Mr. Elon Musk. Well, he did say Neuralink, the goal of Neuralink, what they're saying, and they've been testing it on animals. Um, wait, wait, who running a daycare? Pedro. <laughs> yeah, um... I'm going to tell you, anybody that puts this in their brain probably going to run out in front of a fire truck, police car, or any other safety vehicle that's out on the street. I think they already human tested it when Martin Lawrence was out there directing traffic in L.A. Nah, man, <laughs> I, have you not seen Kanye West the last three months? That was an early stage prototype. <laughs> Kanye West got one. <laughs> According to Musk, Neuralink says it's developing brain chip interfaces that could restore a person's vision, even to those who are born blind, potentially restore full body functionality, including movement and verbal communication for people with severed spinal cords, is what they are hoping it could turn into. It could be something that could really increase the quality of life for people also. So, you know, there's there's some good out of so, coming out of so brain. One chip could do all this shit with different functions of the body. How can you restore a person's vision if they were born blind? You can't restore something that was never there. That's like, oh, man, um, Aaron, we're going to restore those billion dollars you had, even though he was never a billionaire. <laughs> I would, hey, if Elon would like to do that for Brandon, at least let me know. Other than potentially walking into traffic and killing yourself, what are some of the other things you worry about Neuralink going wrong if they especially rush it to human trials? I mean, everything. If he, if he, if he tests this and, like he says, has trials just like he did the Tesla, that's why Pedro said that everybody's fucking in trouble. I might get one to just catch on fire while sitting in my room watching watching good times. Man, I see this happening like in uh whatchamacallit, what is it? Uh Venom with that dude who was basically supposed to be like an Indian Elon Musk. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, all these homeless people and we just gonna start according burning. to Mithin, he was a Pakistani Elon Musk, according uh, to Mithin. That, <laughs> maybe they can Mithin. get him maybe they can get him the uh the killer VR Neuralink and if he does something that pisses <laughs> off the system, it, can we give Elon Musk that headset? <laughs> Put him and Zuckerberg in one, man. 
<laughs> he might have it already installed to these silly ass decisions he's making right now. He did say he was planning to have one himself, that he would be one of the first people to do it. Can they give him a neural link to make sure his chest and stomach ain't pasty white anymore? I will, I will invite Elon Musk uh, to do something that would be really helpful to most people. And I need you to get into the office printer space and copy machine space. That would be really helpful if you get that to work for somebody. <laughs> if you can fix that industry, I, I will I will put a neural link in. My entire family. Damn, hey man, you might not need a darling. You just copy things, images, save files to your head. This is like the first step towards that Black Mirror shit, and I'm a little bit uh, worried about that. It's gonna, it's gonna put us on a whole nother plane of humanity, which could be uh, detrimental to our biological, you know, you know, our Christian fundamentals. You know, that's why I know Pedro won't do it. We gonna get too far. We start turning into goddamn cyborgs and shit. The devil's a liar. The World Cup is in the round of 16, the elimination stage, and the United States has made it. Unfortunately, they lost. God damn it! <laughs> we lost! We fucking super lost, man! They got their asses handed to them. Who didn't see that coming? The Netherlands, the Netherlands. Have y'all been watching the World Cup, and, and what, are your, what are your initial thoughts about the World Cup so far being held in the winter? No, you're asking the wrong questions, Jared. You should be asking, what do you think about the World Cup being held in Qatar. In Qatar? 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 It's Qatar. It's Qatar. Qatar. They said you can pronounce it any way you like, as long as they money keeps flowing in. <laughs> exactly. And we, and they money flowing in, and we use sheep labor and kill them. Well, this mm-hmm. week, a high official did come out and admit that there were about 400 to 500 immigrant lives that were lost in the construction of the parks and the, the man, that's a um, low ass number man i think he lied we all know he lied. remember vice news did they story two years ago two or three years ago or it was before the pandemic or vice news did that expose they were already i think at four or five hundred people died dude remember they weren't shipping them back in time for the funerals cry, families crying in bangladesh and nepal and shit in pakistan and Blood india money well, now Let that we can something. feel confident that only four to five hundred people died in total, so it's in the two years they fixed so all the problems. <laughs> Instead yeah. of the fifteen, oh, that makes me twelve feel to fifteen hundred, or uh, up to over a thousand, that was uh, projected right, by really other was. human rights uh-huh. groups. Apparently, Brandon, can you look that up? Uh, the, the human rights groups and uh, projections of how many people died building the stadium. Pedro got a whole goddamn sitcom going on in his background, bro. <laughs> he got doorbells. <laughs> oh, you heard the doorbell? Yeah, yeah you might need to turn on your noise cancellation. You heard this it, whole heard episode. It. This whole episode, Pedro's like, "See, I got to turn off noise cancellation, so you because you can hear me. Now we can hear every goddamn thing happening in that house." But now. it's good, the good ambient, good ambient noise. So if you listen to this podcast with a bolts doorbell, you're getting everything. You're getting kids. You're getting black women yelling. You getting. I heard her yelling too at one point. You getting. You getting. You getting. Uh, I was trying to the front that, door. Talking about who 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 uh used the grease on the stove. You're getting all that. Man, who used that leftover fish grease? I told you I was going I was frying up bologna with it. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. How many how many people uh, uh died with the projections? A, he didn't give an exact number, but he estimated between four and five hundred deaths surrounding the building of this World Cup. Per the AP report from 2014-2021, the total number of deaths were 40, and they were considered non-work incidents such as heart attacks. <laughs> Man, that's not, not who cares. He was standing out in that 120 degree weather, making a rock garden and, and planting trees and watering trees. He had a heart attack. That had nothing to do with work. 
So at least 400, probably closer to 500 with the 40 added on that. Let me add one more thing. Another report that is saying the number is closer to about 6,000 people who have either <laughs> died of heat stroke, <laughs> died actually trying to build this thing. Uh, and that's from 2010 to 2020. Like they've been building this thing for a while. And that's just number of migrant workers have worked in Qatar to build number one, things around the city, but also adding to the number for the people in the World Cup. So people coming from all the world to come work in Qatar to make some money for their families have died. Yeah, man, ain't no joke. Damn, man, damn. See, I told you, man, this shit is... All the corruption that got the game in Qatar has been crazy. Remember, that basically, for them to get the game in Qatar, brought down a lot of big-name people. There's actually a documentary on Netflix right now, isn't it? Or Amazon? Where step step bladder and all of them and how they all have how, how they that big sting happened and how they all got arrested because of all the the corruption and the money they took to put the game there, which was ridiculous. I mean, the money they took to put it in Brazil and Russia was ridiculous. Is there anything else you guys noticed? I I, I saw there was a thread about fake fans. Oh yeah, uh, man. To start true. the World Cup. That was pretty fun to see people who did not look like any of the. Nation's origins. Hold yeah. on, I got a little video here. I'll share with you. Show the video. You now gotta watch this, Pedro. You gotta watch the this. lead up to the game. We're getting the hype. Oh, they're still in the stadiums there. Here's the Argentinian fans. Look what they look like, Pedro. Come on, man. Even the music, Argentina is probably the whitest Latin country oh, I ever. They got a bunch God. of they got a bunch of uh, Indian and Pakistani. Play, play another one. Play another, another one. one. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Is I that think, for real? This is Morocco. This is no, Portugal. Morocco? This is Portugal. Portugal. Yeah, this is Portugal. Let's see what we can see here. <laughs> it looks pretty normal. Oh, hold on. Over here on the right, there's a lot. Portugal's oh, a little man. harder to tell because you know it's a little more of a brown place. Got yeah, some, yeah, it's a brown place. That let's was see this. It still didn't look right. Let's see this next team. They supposed to be Brazilian. Come on, dude. They're Brazilian. All the Brazilians look like they got a 7-Eleven open up around the corner. Come on. <laughs> that is crazy. Come on, man. What? I was just about to turn on my camera again and Pedro got to say some stuff like that. Come on, man. Come on, man. They pay these Indian people to come in and act like fans, man. Come on. This is, this is outrageous. Oh, you know you what Brazilian people actually look like? Come on. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Thought I just saw Nithin in there. <laughs> Nithin didn't go to Arizona. He did in Qatar. Did he got paid? Come on, Spanish team. The Spanish. German. <laughs> Germany. <laughs> it's the same people. It's the same people. <laughs> same people. Oh, man, this is crazy. This is, this is outrageous. <laughs> This is why you don't host the game at the top. This is why. It's coming home, baby. The England fans. England fans, come on. Somebody got a 7-Eleven jersey on. It's a 7-Eleven. What I tell you? What I tell you? Pedro, Pedro, Brandon, Pedro. 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 Pedro.
down. Drive it, Brandon. Yeah, so that one dude in that clean shape. Those dudes had beards since they were 12, Pedro. (laughs) Those were the Indian dudes. That was the Indian dude that I went to high school with that all the kids used to give the money to to buy the beer. Fake fans took over. Fake fans took over. That's what we can get from this World Cup. LeBron James had this to say about the whole Jerry Jones photo debacle. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. As a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, Every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker. It's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago, and we all make mistakes. I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under, like, oh, it happened. Okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. A photo was released of Jerry Jones... <laughs> From 60 years ago at a um, Arkansas high school with segregationists, I like to call them, or racists, who were confronting black students trying to desegregate the school. Jerry Jones was a few rows back, peering <sighs> mischievously, maybe, or inquisitively uh, into the uh, confrontation uh, certain white students were having with black students trying to enter the school. Uh, what do you guys uh, think about what LeBron James had to say in the whole situation? Uh- I'm going to start here with LeBron James. He wants to know how come no one brought that up to him. Because you don't play fucking football. You play basketball. That's why they ask you things. You play with Kyrie Irving. You're the now godfather of the league. You're the one people go to when about people's behavior, about people's things. It's like when people used to say Shaq used to be the godfather. Oh, man, you go to everything, go to Shaq. He knows people talk to him. People call him on the weekend all the time. Guess what? I don't call Jared when I want to know, hey, man, why why Jerry Jones on that photo? Yeah, he a Cowboy fan. Man, he don't know shit about he don't know shit about what Jerry, oh, Jerry, Jones, Jerry Jones is a terrible human being. I've been saying it for a while now. <laughs> I know. I get he is right about some things, especially with African-Americans and the media and being blown out of proportion. He is right about those things. But they went to him for Kyrie because he used to be his teammate. Tried to trade for him this year. And it's the same goddamn sport. As far as the photos, Jerry Jones, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I don't care. I mean, he's in like the he's like behind the people with the cameras in the picture. He ain't front row. He might agree with the people when they walked him back. I don't know. Who the fuck know, man? That photo's what, 60 years old? 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I think it only. Old. I think it only proves that Jerry Jones was alive back then. That's what it proves. And, and, and and it. Yeah, if you look at the people in the front row, those people there to do damage and keep those motherfuckers. They're the reason why the police have to come and open up the crowd to get them into school. Jerry Jones was not where those people are. There's a high schooler with a cigarette in his mouth, looking like he's ready to hurt somebody. They, well, uh, some people say that dude wasn't even in high school. And that's yeah. some of the people, the people that are in front weren't even in school anymore. They were there just to keep like it. Yeah, if you, you actually look at that photo, Jerry Jones is not doing anything wrong either. He's, uh, he was kind of surprised how fast those two Negroes got up to the, to the steps. Wow. Exactly. As he started I his recruitment then. Again. He started his recruitment then. Like, you see, there's no malice in his face. He's not, he's actually like a goofy, curious kid. Exactly. Worse than this photo is the fact that Jerry Jones has never hired a, a African American head coach. That's so, what's worse than this photo. Yeah. Somebody said this. Now Jerry Jones' father, they own a grocery store, I guess, in the, in that community, and they were the only only white family who allow uh, Negroes to shop at the shop in the store. Yes. And it was in a white so community. So I, 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 I really don't. I think he believes. Um, White people are superior. I do believe that he thinks that, but he has no malice against Negro. Negro. I mean, if you listen to some of them, uh, some of the black people in the meeting I was in this week, I started believing it. Always trying to shut the white man down. I tried to say a couple things. One, one, I agree with LeBron, John. Anyway, actually, I agree with you too. So I actually agree with both. I think what LeBron's saying is we, as in athletes and players, he's not saying y'all just ask me. He's saying us, right? Yeah. So he's, I think in that in that moment he's representing black athletes, so it it may be less about him as a basketball player, and more about him as a black athlete. Yeah, and, and that I agree with. But also, and and, like, nigga, and, and him being a cowboy fan, maybe maybe maybe. He's, but he's I, think, actually, I think mostly to Aaron's point, it's like why the, why the fuck are you asking a basketball player? But because they, they've been in photos, like they, they've hung out before. They've been in photos. They've he's done. been in the booth. He's been in Jerry Jones. Yeah, he's been booth. in the booth before. He's got a bunch of. He's pictures. got a yeah, past yeah. relationship with Jerry Jones, so yeah. for him to not be asked about it is, I think, I, I can I see think why that's he was why he was getting upset. But that make that makes sense. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I think, two, I will say this. Two, in, in total, a lot of motherfucking media needs to start actually reflecting on, like, what's going on with the white community and stop always just reporting on the one or two black athletes that, like, get into some type of, like, social drama. Because we still haven't talked about Brett Favre. You know, like, that, like, really went under the rug. And, like... He's like he's like one of, he's like the top five quarterbacks in the league of all time. Like Jerry Jones isn't the top five owner, but Brett Favre is definitely top five quarterback of all time. So I I just it, it, it seems a little fishy to me, and so I agree with LeBron. And then three, um, I can't wait for these photos just like this to come out in like 2070 uh, when you see Jared at a, at the MAGA rally in the background. <laughs> I think LeBron has a right to to say that coming where he's from. There's reasons for them not to ask him about it, like you brought up, Aaron, but also like what Adari said, it's like he is a Dallas Cowboys fan. He's talked about wanting to play football. If he would play football, he'd be a Cowboys fan. He's been well, he said he wasn't a Cowboy fan about a month ago. Those are not qualifiers to ask him a question about uh, that. A lot of people just say they want to play for yeah, Cowboys. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on <laughs> LeBron no. is not a black historian. For, for all the reasons that you brought up of why they didn't ask him, I'm just bringing up the counterpoints of why they should have or probably what would be a reason for them to. 
That's 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 I'm happy reason. they didn't. I don't, he don't represent me on black historian. Anyways, anyways, and black um, theology. I'm not even I don't know. He's talking about theology right there, but I'm just uh, saying him. Questlove, we need to stop making them our spokespeople. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big Questlove our spokesperson. Man, Questlove did that. Man, Questlove. What are you talking about? Because Questlove yes. this week. OK, do you know who the who the inventor of the first game council is? Yeah, I forgot his name. Google, yeah, something like Larry Jenkins or something. Whatever like. the fuck his name is, right? So Questlove. So there's also another guy that has the same name that was a singer with some group back in the day, right? Persuasions or something. Questlove posts a picture of the Persuasion dude. Posted posted several pictures of him, and then starts talking about whatever the fucking Google Doodle said, right? And yeah. then people called him out on it. He goes. Oh shit! And people started calling him out on other things that he always posts and this and that. And he's like, "Man, I learned more in the last twenty four hours than I ever learned." Look, man, ain't nothing wrong with education. Ain't nothing wrong with. I'm not saying uh, a strict like school based education, but really educate yourself. LeBron seems like he's the king of reading the first page of books or holding a book in his hand and being open. There's other people around. There's great black historians like John Henry Clark, man, who passed away. It's but just- I mean. If there's great to, black historians out there who we could go to for that. Yeah, if you and those are the people I want to hear. I don't want to hear Questlove. I don't want to hear LeBron. I want to hear want, these people that really like know what the fuck they're talking about. No, I was saying, if you want to go to an athlete historian, you go to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, exactly. He reads. <laughs> he actually really reads. He reads and he knows a lot. That's who you go to. And he studied across the board. I wish we had the great minister Reggie White. Because he was really studying before. Uh, Come on, dude. I, no, no, I, no, no lie. I believe that one of the reasons that Jesus was accused of being a homosexual is because he spent time with homosexuals. If you go to Japan or any Asian country, they could turn a television into a watch. No, I, I know, I know we, the jokes or whatever, but he went over there. He was he was studying Hebrew. He was actually doing what black people need to do. No, I'm fine with like him questioning of going on the internet. I just don't know why he's like, like Kyrie Irving. Ask me because you ain't the, you ain't their voice, man. He shouldn't be our voice. He's a bad voice. But he's also asked a lot of questions about other issues. He's, not, he's not even and, educated. And, and, no, he speaks on other issues. He's not asked. Yeah, a lot he's of not educated. He's not. He's not a scholar either. He's not, and it just makes us look bad, man. Go to Kareem. There's a reason why Muhammad Ali had a fucking teenage Kareem sitting next to him at the Cleveland conference when he made his announcement how he was going to be a conscientious objective and he was not going to serve and be drafted and serve in Vietnam. He had a teenage Kareem Abdul-Jabbar known as Louis Cinder then. He had Bill Russell next to him. He had Jim Brown. He had some heavy hitters. Those dudes were educated. They educated themselves. It wasn't about being seen and taking a picture for Instagram of me holding and reading the first page of Malcolm X by autobiography. It was about really knowing the shit. It's about really being part of a cause is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to disrespect LeBron. I'm not trying to disrespect Kyrie or anybody else. You sound like they're you welcome got to a have, grudge against They're welcome to have their team. own opinions. I don't have a grudge. What I'm telling you is that we have black athletes who are really on top. Ethan Thomas. Go to Ethan Thomas. Ethan Thomas. He's younger. He's well super educated. It's pronounced Ethan Thomas. Whatever the fuck you want to pronounce it, go to him before I go to LeBron. It's not about how many followers you have. It's about who the, who really can speak and be that spokesperson or can be a mouthpiece and who has the knowledge of it. 
right? Who has the background of it, not just shit they read on the first page or shit they read on Twitter or shit they read on the blog real quick. Someone who's really done some real educated research behind things. When I go into things, I like to have my my knowledge behind it. I like to look up several things about it, not just front page. Uh, That's why when you ask me, I say, hey, man, I didn't read that shit yet. When I do, you know I do, because I'm going to read that. I'm going to read some articles about it. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to some primary resources. Sound like Aaron out here representing for Emmanuel Acho or something. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you talking about the Outro Brothers? Outro? I'm over here smiling like them, uh, too. Yeah, they, they have a show. Well, the Emmanuel has, had a show called After Black Dude where he would confront these white topics with white people oh, and let them ask him questions. Yeah, yeah, you should watch it. He, you know, he's like the woke NFL player. It sounds like that's what you want, Aaron. Nah, not all the time. Sometimes he be saying some stupid shit. Too. Everybody says stupid shit. Don't get me wrong. Kareem's probably said something stupid in there, too. But I'm just saying, when when an athlete really dedicates their time, a former athlete dedicates their time and life, there are people who really dedicate their life to things. Kareem didn't go to the Olympics he was supposed to go to. He was the one standing next to Harry Edwards. It was actually his idea and talking <laughs> to Harry Edwards about making the boycott, the black boycott of the Mexico Olympics. Here's John a- is a great figurehead because he has all the following. He has the cameras on him. He has that. I understand why he's saying. And I, I like I said, I'm by the him saying calling out the double standard. I agree with him calling out the double standard. But he has to understand that he needs to, if he's really going to be a real leader, he has to understand that, dude, I need other people who I need to go ahead and direct them to the people who have a background on this, right? What was that? Someone sort of called him out the other day. When he posted something on his show or talked about a movie and then they asked him about it or a book and they asked about it and he couldn't answer shit about it. And you're like, damn, he didn't read that shit. He acted like he read it, but he didn't. I saw that clip. That clip was it was bad, Aaron. And they were like, LeBron, right. so how do you feel about this author? And he was like, Oh, he's he's uh he's great. This yeah, great. LeBron's like, a king so of cap. Yeah, he don't he don't read books. He be, he don't no. he don't watch movies. He said he watched. This this is difference a bit but, about society. But yeah. I, I don't I don't want to. The thing is, I don't want to get to like like. See, this is this is part of your your you guys internalized and white supremacy. You guys are oh, going we every. Go. Well, hold on, here hold we on. Go. Let me let me go because you talked a lot. I'm saying. Hey, no, no guys, I want to hear this. I want to hear what the you hell guys, you got to say. You guys over here, you know, going at the the it's messenger life, about life, what sure. the message the message is. And I think. LeBron's overall message is is that there is a responsibility on the media whether or not they sh- who they should be asking all the time that's that's another layer of what media should be asking and who they should be asking and what they should be paying attention to or what they're paid to pay attention to but he's talking about like yeah the root of you guys are crafting your stories your headlines and your narrative by what you ask us. If you don't ever ask us the question, you can omit that even being a thing. Just like when you decide to ask us about specific things, you make it part of the storyline. So I think LeBron's calling out the balance of what you decide is valuable to ask me versus what you decide is not and when you do it. Is, is is valid. I think it's a valid point, Brendan. A couple of things, right? Uh, what, what you were just saying is like, oh, the media creates narrative, but every athlete has a direct audience to their fans because they have an Instagram, they have a Twitter, they have YouTube, right? <laughs> they don't necessarily need to be asked those questions to talk about them. Um, and I think LeBron's there talking to them, trying to like educate them, or at least try to put himself in a position where like, hey, like if you're going to ask me about this thing, ask me about all of it. But historically, he hasn't wanted to be asked those really hard questions because he's avoided them for a long time, right? So everybody throws out the thing about China, which is a really touchy subject. 
for number one financially for him as far as the league, but then just everything he's trying to do might, might get affected with that. So why would I jump into that fire when I don't have to? He wants to jump into the Jerry Jones fire because he seems like a it seems like a layup when he's when people have been asking him to shoot half quarters, half court shots his whole career. Right? Like, oh, what do you think about this? You know, really complicated thing, right? He sees this as a layup and he wants to take it. The thing I wanted to say about what Aaron was talking about is finding people who who have the knowledge base, like they need to figure out how to how to generate an audience, right? Because at this point in our history, like whoever has the biggest microphone is always going to have more influence. Now, if those people can reach out to LeBron and say, hey, this is what this is what's really going on, if he's receptive to that, all right, cool. They tried to. Kareem tried to. He wrote those an article about it. No, but LeBron, LeBron and Kareem are not are not friendly to each other though. No, like that's no, been, no. that's that's been documented. Why would I? There's a reason why. There's a reason why too, and that's the right. reason because he's a first page, first page, uh, first. But you could bring up Kareem. But you know, he's seen the BS. Kareem seen the BS through a lot of. But we're not talking about that. Oh, let's keep let's keep keep moving about this conversation because I want to stay on the topic because I don't want to get too because that's why y'all engage in the white 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 supremacy y'all just want to talk why about you the why you gotta live why, why, why not just say hold on hold on I love hold on why Pedro love the white man's methodology yeah, why not why you gonna talk about you white supremacy internalizing yeah. white that's supremacy. your intellectualism look at this look at this beautiful kid I got because of a white woman in other NBA news. Uh, the Royals came to visit and were courtside at the Celtics games. Did y'all see that? I ain't got no Royals. I ain't. I don't. I don't worship no Royals. I don't bow down to nobody. Yeah, no, nobody shit. care about that shit, Jared. What are you talking about? You always. He, he did the same shit with the there. Queen, Darius. He did the same shit with the Queen, man. I ain't got. I don't oh, bow to no, about no man. That. Nigga, I barely know how Jason hey. Tatum, nigga. What you talking about? I'm looking for the fucking Royals. When you talk about the Royals, nigga, you must be talking about niggas from Kansas City. I don't know who you talking about. The only Royal I'm worshiping is Queen Rogue. Who the fuck is Queen Rogue? Look her up. Oh, on no. Safe browser on, a, on a safe <laughs> browser, on a private browser. <laughs> Not on, browser a on a work device browser. either. <laughs> Queen Rogue and Princess Emily, the only, the only Royals <laughs> in my, I know of. Private browser, though. Uh, well, anyways, the royal family was at the game, and uh, let's just say the Celtics staff and team were thrilled to ha- be in their presence and have them watching them play. Um, when asked about it after the game, interim head coach Joe Mazzula had this to say about his adoration and, and thrill of seeing them at the game. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the prince exactly. and princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm exactly. always familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. <laughs> exactly. That's the way I'm feeling, Jared. Dude, <laughs> man, you having these goddamn royals. Ain't no, ain't no royalty out here. Well, anyway. I man. like Joe Mazzula a lot now after that. <laughs> he need to keep the job. Get, keep the job. Oh, he keeping he the, the keep job. The ain't job. no way they bring him. What you call it back? <laughs> he keeping the job. Deion Sanders is leaving Jackson State to take over the head coaching role at the University of Colorado. Boulder, go Buffs. What do you guys think about that? First, I would say, like, did y'all watch his uh, press conference? Yes, and his, yes, I did. And his, first, and his introduction to the team. I've never <laughs> seen an introduction like that. I got, That's opposite of most when you get a new coach. I got the uh, video of him talking to the team. Hold on. I got that one real quick. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Y'all are trash. Like, y'all are so trash. 
I want you to know that I'm talking to you, so I'm going to say your name, then I'm going to call you trash. <laughs> now play the real video. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of sounded what it sounded like. That's pretty much what he said. All right, I oh, a couple here's, of those kids. Here's the actual clip of something Dion had to say to all his students, or his uh, inherited team. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louie. Okay. It ain't gonna be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get him, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're going to get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart. Say that smart. Smart. Tough. Tough. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm bringing the people that ain't you. 18-year-old me would have walked out. I'm like, this nigga here, man. <laughs> this dude here. This is the opposite of Urban Meyer, right, Brandon? Shout out to, if anybody know, Brandon was being recruited by Urban Meyer. He turned out to be a great guy. <laughs> nice dude on Fox Sports. He needs to stay away from, stay away from uh, being in charge of anything. No, it's wild. Like, well, yeah, like, I keep thinking about the kids there who, like, decide to go to Colorado to play football. They get a new coach. And he's like, basically, y'all need to jump in that portal. What did he know? Y'all, y'all, y'all. Being honest. But his thing, my, my main thing about it is like he told the kids at Jackson not to jump in the pool. Hey, y'all stay here. We're building something for Jackson. And he basically cherry picked which kids he wanted to bring with him, had private conversations. And he's like, hey, you come with me, including his son. Both his sons, <laughs> which is whatever. I don't know how much Colorado football tape he's watched. I know they went 1 11, but like, you know, like, what those kids' talent level is at this point. So for him not to even like come in there and be like, all right, cool, we're gonna do an evaluation. You can have that conversation, but like to and but then also bring a camera in there and videotape him saying that to people like like he coming in like he just won the SEC three years in a row. No, he was at Jackson State in the swag. Hey, it could be it could be Brandon though. He also tested them. I see you that's funny because you said the 18 year old you would have locked out. The 18 year old me would have took that as a challenge. Like I'm about to prove to him like I ain't leaving and he gonna play me. I'm going to make him play. I'm going to work so hard. He can't help but play. That's what I thought about when I saw it. Like, man, if I'm one of those kids, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, let, let the other ones with, with no heart run. This this is where I want to be. I'm staying here. I think that's kind of what Dion is. He's going to put it in your face. And we were talking about it last month a little bit. And like, you know, was he getting a little too ahead of himself? Is he starting to feel himself too much? Because with the pup, with the positive praise and how well the team's doing, his success, the kids' success that he's been working with and him changing that culture and that program around. Like, was he getting a little too ahead of himself and, like, feeling himself too much? And, like, I see that in this conversation, but I also see the provoker that he is. And he talks about, you know, having, you know, having a purpose. And I think there is some good to, like, you know what I'm saying, really pushing a kid to their limits or someone to, like, the brink of being like, you have a choice. You can step over this line or you can stay here and fight. Um, I think that's an interesting way to, you know, evoke that out of the ones that are going to be inspired by that or that's gonna you know push them to force him to play play him and prove him wrong i can see it both ways can i ask why are we trying to break this down uh, you know why you went to colorado why you go to colorado clean water and weed <laughs> he went for 20 what was it 29 million reasons to go to colorado <laughs> i was gonna that's what i was gonna ask i don't know what he signed for 
Uh, he signed for more money that the Colorado yeah. athletic director said they didn't have. He got those funds from the uh, weed revenue. <laughs> I, I think uh, Brett Favre has a vacation home in Colorado, so that's how he got. Come on, <laughs> come on. Well, here's what Rick George, the athletic director, had to say about them paying Dion. And I, I want you to watch this guy closely. I'm going to go full screen. Like I said, we, we found the right guy. Rick, how did you fast track the transfer rule changes, and how did you come up with enough money to get this guy? Well, look, we don't have the money yet, but I know we'll have it. Um, so I'm not worried about that piece. Rick, obviously no one in this family needs to be sold on Deion Sanders, the personality. But what sold you on Deion Sanders, the coach, in even just the recent time that made you confident he's the guy to turn this thing around? Just his confidence and, and his detail. They, they were so desperate for a coach and some type of change. And I don't yeah. understand why they didn't go, go and try to get uh, Eric the enemy. I really uh, don't understand that. That to me, it puzzles me. Because he don't talk good. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably part. He of don't it. speak good. He don't interview good. Yeah, five years, twenty nine and a half million. So they said they don't have the money, but they're gonna figure it out as they go along. And that comes from a guy who does the thing where when you talk to him, they mouth the words you're saying. Yeah, he was mouthing the words. That tripped me out that he was mouthing the words. I, it's hard for me to trust people that do that. I'm not saying that. Like some people do that. Some people do that. That's just a natural thing where they're they'll start like mouthing the words that you're saying as they're like part of their processing of uh, what you're saying. But that shit's weird to me. I'm not. I don't want to say weird. That's that's, that's dismissive. But um, Dion, he leaves Jackson State after three seasons, after two SWAC titles, and after building the you know the program to a relative prominence, probably the most notable HBCU. You know, since the I would say probably the Grambling State years with uh, Eddie Robinson. Was Eddie Robinson was the head coach? Yeah, probably. Eddie Robinson. Eddie Robinson. And so um, aside from that, you know, what I'm saying uh, there's been a lot of, you know, people grumbling, being like, oh, he's abandoning them. Sentiments of him kind of selling out to go to power five. And there's other people that are, you know, praising him for stepping up to another level based upon everything that Dion said during his time at Jackson State and how he, you know, framed his work there. How do you guys feel about his departure? Are you guys feeling like he's abandoning HBCU or he's abandoning this school to move on to greener pastures? Or are you guys like, hey, man, that's tight that he's, you know, maneuvered his way up or making the next step in, in whatever his process is? I don't feel like he abandoned them. I feel like, you know, that's part of the process of college football. And and those kids know that. They know just like they're trying to work to get to the next level, regardless of what that level is, whether it's pro football, arena league, Canadian league, whether it's a stable job, using this to go into coaching. It was more like teaching these these boys to become men. And that was one of the things he focused on. Sometimes you got to take that journey. You got to you got to step up. You step away. You leave some things to start a new new chapter of life. But who didn't see this coming? Dion likes bright lights, Hollywood. He likes to be seen. He wasn't going to be seen. He did, he did a favor for Jackson State or whatever the hell those niggas are. He, he just wanted to help out. I feel like he was doing a call, you know, helping out a cause, you know, uplift some HBCU, so get them seen, get them noticed. And he used the celebrity to do that. So he did his job. Everybody knew he was going to leave for a beautiful, wider country or brighter lights. You know, it's just like the process when, like when I date a woman, I, I had a woman, my skin color, she was dark down in the dumps at Watts, you know, make a little bit more money. Got dumped her and got with a lighter woman. Dumped her and got with a white woman. <laughs> Tell me. Same thing going on. You didn't just say that. 
moral of the story is <laughs> you ain't right until you get white. But it's levels to this, is what it is. Levels to it, baby. Getting that white woman money. Getting that white woman money. So. <laughs> ain't right. You gotta go light. Oh, man. Now, I will say, it's depends on what you, how you feel about work, right? Like, that was his job. Like, they hired him to coach football. He coached football. He left, right? But the thing about HBCUs, like, there's a culture around HBCUs that is very distinct than any other college he could have went to. Because if he could have did the same thing if he went to, you know, Appalachian State, he could have did the same thing if he went to, you know, Wyoming or somewhere like that to coach football. The problem is none of those places was going to give him a job because he didn't want to be an assistant anywhere because that was his big thing why he started that prime school in Texas because he wanted to be a he's like oh I want to be a coach so I'm gonna start this this charter school I'm starting this high school and be the coach or whatever that didn't work out and he was like no nah, I don't want to be assistant anywhere I want that he I remember saying I want that Avery Johnson treatment when Avery Johnson was coaching Spurs never was an assistant just got got the head coaching job there's no division one school that was going to do that for him like oh we're going to hire somebody with no coaching experience no contacts for assistant coaches to become our head coach like everybody would just laugh at us and you're black. I googled you. <laughs> so Jackson State was literally like one of the like the HBCU was the only ones to really embrace him. Like, all right, cool. Like you can come coach the team and was really successful, right? Like with anything in sports, right? The better you play, the more beholden the, the fan base wants you to be to them. <laughs> you feel me? And that's with anything, right? You're amazing at your job. Oh man, the people who are at your job, like, man, you the MVP around here, please don't leave us. <laughs> the same thing with like any like any NBA player, right? Like if you're Steph Curry, Steph Curry says, like, I want to go play for OKC now. Like people are like, oh, Steph, you're turning your back on us. We need you. We love you. But at the same time, if he went, you know, 0 and 12, they'd be they'd be the first ones to say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know? So I mean, that's just part of sport, the sports landscape. But yeah, man, I think he he's a stepping stone. Some people saw it coming. Some people didn't see it coming. Some people thought some people thought he might stick around longer than he did. But like I said, at the end of the day, like the question is like, what else could he do? Like what else was he supposed to stay there? He's supposed to get uh, wait a couple more years so he could take on Alabama. (laughs) He's like, give me three years, three, four years. Um, You know, but I was one of those people who thought he might stay a little longer than he did. I heard started hearing people saying, oh, man, he's he's probably gonna take one of these jobs. And they named is Colorado and one other school I kept hearing uh, mainly. It was South Florida. Okay, South Florida, Colorado and and Cincinnati. Yeah. So I kept hearing I heard that like this past week, but it was like murmurs and there wasn't anything real defined about it but it seemed like i was like man he could stay at jackson state another year another year or two right and 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 see it see this class through if he wanted to but at the same time like i was like i'm going off of old dion i would say he's gonna definitely be gone but i was like i'm going off the coach prime and like what i think was unique about his coaching style was like is the inspirational speeches his way of you know what i'm saying bringing in different people that he had connections with you know he brought in Brittany renner he's like you know really yeah, cultivating and helping teach these guys like you are, uh, you know, I'm saying a celebrity or you're going to be, you know, you find success, you're going to be treated as a celebrity. You guys, this is how you navigate this world, pouring himself into these kids and helping them become, you know, I'm saying knowledgeable men. And so you don't see that necessarily with coaches. And that was something I think that made you feel like, oh, he might stay there for a while, stay longer. And so, you know, I'm saying I was, you know, maybe fooled by that a little bit or hopeful. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you was fooled by that, Jerry. Well, you know, cause I, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think they just called you no stupid, man. Yeah, yeah probably. You know, yeah, I, that's why I said, I said, I said, I said if I was going off old Dion, I would say he's, he's going to go when the next best situation pops up. But at the same time, I'm like this new Dion that I'm seeing and like him being a coach that was m- much different in how you perceive him 
than any other big time coach. No, no, no. When you see a Negro doing an Aflac commercial, still doing the Dion shuffle in a big ass chain, there is no new Dion. He's still prime time. <laughs> but I do think it's fair. I saw I saw a couple people posting. Gary Chambers Jr., Louisiana representative, was saying like you know saying it doesn't have to be that he's selling now. It's that he set a personal goal and he's achieving, and we're seeing him flourish in 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 his path. More or less saying like this is this is his journey, and like yeah, he means a lot to these other people, but. You know what I'm saying? He's doing it, you know, the right way and he's achieving his goals and he's setting an example of what other people can do, not just like he's abandoning us and, and you know, called out like the need for, you know, so HBCUs and their governing bodies and, and administrations to do a better job of, you know what I'm saying? Like he set a standard that like people, these other programs and these other, you know, colleges can strive for. Jared, I loved all your big words. Mississippi don't have no clean water. <laughs> Damn it, nigga. That's why he did Brett Favre took all the money. Yeah, fuck Brett Favre, by the way, guys. Let's just let's refresh that. Brett Favre is the is the worst thing to happen in Jackson, Mississippi. Or Mississippi in general. Uh let's get to Cutting Corner Shoutouts. Cutting Corner Shoutouts. Cutting Corner Shoutouts. Cutting Corner Shoutouts and same with the end the show on where everyone gets a chance to rank playing or talk about something that's pissing them off in the world. Or you can highlight something positive in the world. Cutty Corner shout-outs, Cutty Corner shout-outs. It's time. It's, it's time. Cutty, cutty We're burning now. God, if you listen, help. So cold and bleeding now, now, now. I'm in for this, man. Gonna let you down. He had sex with my mama. We're broken people now. I just said I need a back of Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do. I do. I like to give positive Cutty Corner shout out in remembrance of uh, Ronaldo in World Cups years past. One of the first World Cups I watched of Brazilian Ronaldo just dominate, even though he had that shitty ass haircut. Remember, he only had the front cut and all the rest was shaved off. The man dominated. He showed you could look stupid and, and have a big ass. Big ass Michael Strahan gap in your teeth and dominate. But no, my cut of shout out this week goes out to uh Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. Go ahead and give me a cut. Go ahead and give give me a uh magic moment. You could do it now, you could do it later in post. It don't matter. I'm gonna keep saying his name wrong about five times. So just do it in post. You can put it in. I don't know when the fuck you're gonna do it. Martin Scorsese, whatever the fucking name is, and Quentin Tarantino. They were bitching about Marvel and Disney movies this past week, talking about how they're not real movies. They're just comic books on screen. They're just action commercials, just toy commercials. They were just really doing some really disrespectful, hating shit. Simu Louie from um, the the guy that played Shang-Chi, the star, he came out. I like his snapback. He basically talked about them and saying that if it wasn't for Disney and Marvel, I wouldn't have had a chance to leave an all Asian cast and be a superstar, right? And be a headliner and the star of an all Asian cast and a, and a big blockbuster. And I and I started, in, you know, really internalizing. And I like I like both of their movies, Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. But the dude is right. They, they're talking about like, I, I'm not saying. And then they tried to backtrack and they're like, we're not saying they're all bad. I mean, if I was a kid and it was out, I would really love them. I would enjoy them. But the movie making, the things that really produce real movies, like it's just not there where we did real movies and people doing this and that. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck both of them. Fuck both of them. And that's what I said, Brandon. 
I said, if it was for them, we wouldn't have minority characters. Think about every movie they had. If it was for Disney and Marvel and not like people like those two, we wouldn't have an all black cast or a movie that that broke the record of most minorities in a movie, which was Black Panther 2, because it had Latin and, you know, Latin and Africans and African-Americans all in one fucking movie playing as the main characters, heroes, villains, all of it. There's enough niggas in here to make a Tarzan movie. Leave it up to them. We wouldn't have people like Jen Walters being She-Hulk or, or or Black Captain America. No, if it wasn't for those two, we'll be stuck with Nicolas Cage acting horrible in the movie. Jack Nicholas playing the same fucking character, whether he's going from one who flew over the cuckoo's nest to the Joker or to was a fucking movie as good as it gets. He played the same fucking character, same looks in all of them. You know, we'll be stuck with Quentin Tarantino writing the same movies and putting himself in a movie just so he could keep him constantly saying the N-word. He says it every morning. He calls me nigga. He calls the other kids nigga. He calls himself nigga all the time. Nigga this, nigga that. Nigga, please. And I, you know what I say, Brandon? I say fuck both of them. Fuck both of them. Stop acting like Disney. I'm starting to feel this is directed towards me. <laughs> it isn't, but I just want you to know, in case somebody asks you, you say Aaron Grayson said fuck both of them, right? They, they ain't shit. If it wasn't for them, I, I'll be stuck with it. movies were all white cast. We wouldn't see people that look like us, people that look like friends of ours, people that look like our kids or anything like that. We wouldn't see it if it wasn't for them. And you tell them this, Brandon, if you get a chance, because I say you because you might get a chance to talk to them one day. Tell them, stop calling out Disney. Stop calling out Marvel. If they got a problem, tell them to come to me. You tell them to come to me. Because you know what? Like Jerry Jones, I too was photographed standing by front door with a couple of coons coming in. Except different from Jerry Jones, I kept the coons from coming in the front door. I kept them from coming in the back door. They called me a coon the other day, and people think that's a bad turn. That's a guy's on front of the country. If you know anything about a coon, you're one of the smartest animals out there. And you tell them that. Fuck Squirrel Fuck Quentin Tarantino. And I like both their movies, but fuck them. Just because you keep putting yourself in the movies so you can say the N-word, just because Sorskazy put in the movie so he can make sure every Italian he know in it and do Francis Ford Coppola a favor and put ugly ass Sophia for Coppola in the movie where she playing the guy that's fucking her cousin, right? And I was like, oh, oh, man, that, thank you, man. Thank you. No, you know what Disney gave us? It gave us diverse cast. You know what those who's gave us? Nepotism. Yeah, and that nigga owe me five dollars. Pedro. Do you have a Cutty Corner shout-out? No, I'm just going to give a positive Cutty Corner shout-out. It was a good weekend last uh, Thanksgiving. And then last weekend, I mean, one thing bad about uh, my, my bad Cutty Corner <gasps> shout-out goes out to that dry turkey. Yeah, what? Women. And there's an individual crash of bandicoot. Nothing I else. I do not know what That's to do. All. Oh man, oh, hey, I think Bandicoot. Hey, that sounds more interesting than anything Jared said all day. Wise words from Pedro's daycare. That kid okay. ain't saying Crash Bandicoot is a victim of white of white supremacy. <laughs> Brandon, do you have a cutty corner shout out? Oh yeah, my cutty corner shout out goes out to the internet. Um, I realize this happens more and more often, but you ever like just refuse to engage in something based on internet opinion about it. Like, yes, you write up, like you just don't watch a movie. Too, too many people told you, you got to see it. You just like, yo, fuck that movie. Yep. Bird <laughs> or too many people, you got to listen to the shit. 
you know, fuck it. And I feel like I gotta stay off of Twitter and off these inter- off these internet streets when I'm not working. Because I feel like the, the list has grown of shit I probably should check out that I would probably like if I just discovered it on my own. But the fact that other people have hyped it up so much, I'm just like, you know, fuck, I'm not even going to watch it. One of those things is Black Panther 2. Like, I was excited to go see it. I was like, right, I'm going to try to go see this in the theaters, you know, support, you know, support Hollywood making more Black uh, or African-American centric movies. The real uh, woman king, by the way. Come on. <laughs> But then you go on Twitter, man, you act like, the, you know, this, you know, some epic that, you know, just changes black cultures, just moves the needle. And I'm like, all right, you know what? That's a little too much. And I saw that way too much. All these think pieces that get generated by it. And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to see this fucking movie. <laughs> Disney Plus, Brandon. Disney Plus. <laughs> the same thing happened with uh, Kendrick Lamar's album. The, the reason why Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole's last albums, I was like, I'm going to find some time to listen, really listen to this. And at some point, I heard enough people talk about the shit that I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to do it. So my credit card shot goes out to me and my internet habits destroying things that I otherwise probably really enjoy. Uh, Darius, do you have a cutty corner shout out? Uh, I got a mini cutty corner shout out than a real cutty corner shout out. Uh, my first mini cutty corner shout out is going to go to Piedro. Uh, for dissing the Kendrick Lamar album right now, uh, I will just lightly defend it and say, nigga, please. Um, <laughs> it is a great album. And you don't know music. Hey, okay, first of all, <laughs> I just want to let you know that Pedro's last favorite album wasn't the album. It was just seven niggas singing songs on a chain gang. <laughs> old ass nigga just because you you architect the freedom rider song nigga um sorry my fault uh my real cutty quarter shout out this week actually goes to me this week um uh kind of in the same band as brandon but also on brand um it is because i have spewed so much hatred towards jared that my back has went out um that has never happened to me my back has went out, but I've not blown my own back out. That is that is a new thing that I've just experienced. Doctor said I need a backyotomy. Uh, this week I've been dealing with a lot of turmoil and uh, repercussions, and um, there's a lot of backlash coming from our fantasy basketball league. Over the course of about a month, there's been a lot of fuck things that have happened uh, to my own volition. I will say I will not blame this on anybody else, and. One thing that I learned about Jared, folks, uh, Jared can play with you, but you cannot play with Jared because he does not give a fuck. Um, And it was a great lesson that I learned. Uh, I brought in our whole basketball community into this argument, seeking validators, seeking folks who would uh, actually understand where Jared was coming from because I was so lost. And I realized that I needed to look within to find a better solution. Uh, since then, me and Jared have talked, but I am uh, pretty sorry about uh, how everything has transpired uh, and did transpire uh, over the week and a half that everything went down. Um, that is totally my fault. Uh, I'm sorry to my league fellow members. Uh, and I bet Jared, uh, hearing all these apologies, has a boner right now. Um, I all my leg. All my leg. Oh, I got a cramp. I got to stand up. I got a cramp in my leg. 
I appreciate uh, that that cutty corner shout out, Darius. That was uh, that's was good. That's good. My, let me let me think about something that is not, not going to turn me on. Of course, right the now. narcissism would say that that cutty corner <laughs> shout out was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Darius, I got, I got a question, man. And cough twice if you're okay. I feel like the last three times I, we've both been on the podcast, you've apologized to Jared. And I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing to you. Well, well, I, to I, will say, I will say this, Brendan. What you're not seeing on the back end of this is six days out of the week of me spewing absolute hatred towards him. So uh, at first we were just meeting up on these phone calls <laughs> once a week to go over the podcast. Uh, but what you're not seeing is I spent the rest of those days uh, berating him, uh, calling him names that are wildly out of pocket uh, to the point where my wife said, are you a Satanist or a homophobe? I don't know which one. Uh, I'm confused of all the things you're talking about your friend. So That's I will right. say I've been wildly out of pocket, Brandon, and I have to, uh, uh, now yeah, having man. this back injury, I realize I have to take care of myself and, and stop hating. Not- if you listen, hell. Well, I uh, hope your back heals up, Adarius. We, uh... nigga, we know you don't care. Please do not <laughs> My cutty corner shout out goes out to uh, the NFL and VAR in the FIFA World Cup. The NFL and VAR are making it too hard for me to know what is an onside play, what is not an onside play, when is it arbitrarily offside so that we can stop a goal from happening because motherfuckers are going back and looking and seeing motherfuckers offside by the by the by the, the skin on their goddamn teeth and being like offsides goal doesn't count on this amazing play. Way too often now. It's it's like man, every time there's a goal, you're waiting for them to say offsides. It was crazy, especially during group play. I was like, man, I don't even know what's what constitutes somebody being offside. Because sometimes there's a dude obviously offside, but he didn't have effect on the play. They don't call it. But then there's other times where he had maybe an influence on the play, so then they can call it. it it's like man, if he's offside, he's offside. Just call it. Just black and white. Don't make it subjective because now you're confusing me. Same thing with these goddamn catch rules. The NFL has had several catches on Thanksgiving night for the tight end. For uh, Minnesota caught the ball, fell in the end zone, broke the plan of the goal line. But because he's falling to the ground, they said he has to maintain okay. control throughout the play. <laughs> His hand hits the ground, the ball jostles around. The ball doesn't ever touch the ground again or anything, and he falls over and still holds onto the ball. But they said incomplete pass because he bobbled it. Motherfuckers, get your shit straight. What is a catch and what is not a catch? You can't have all these little caveat rules that when you slow down microseconds at a time, you see something move a little bit, whether it hits the ground or not, whether he's down by contact at that point or not, it gets negligible because all of a sudden this broke ass clause of through the continuation to the ground, whatever the fuck they say, is making it confusing. VAR and, and catch rules in NFL, get your shit straight because you're making the game hard to watch. You're making people sit there holding their breath way more than they need to. And that's probably what y'all like anyway, so y'all some sadistic fucks. My last cutting coder shout out goes up to U.S. national team fans. Y'all are some of the wackest, most poo butt ass motherfucking fans I've ever heard in my life. It's it's embarrassing to have y'all over in Qatar. I'd rather have the motherfuckers playing the the the, the Bollywood jingles and whatnot and, instead of y'all, because y'all have some whack ass chants. Okay, it's called soccer. It's called soccer. Like, could you imagine? Like, I don't get it. Why are you out there having these whack ass uh, uh, chants? The worst one, well, though, I, I woke up at seven in the morning yesterday. And I got immediately pissed off when I heard them singing a goddamn kitty ass, kindergarten ass, preschool ass, uh, five-year-old summer camp ass song on the goddamn sidelines chanting, everywhere we go, people want to know who we are. So we tell them we are the U.S. 
the mighty, mighty U.S. Now that song is sung by many of summer camps and many of people with kids walking in a line to keep them in order and hopefully making sure that you distract them with the fucking stupid ass song so they stay in line and don't wander in the goddamn middle of the street, right? You don't do that at a goddamn World Cup. You don't do that at an international uh, uh, tournament where you represent your goddamn country. Don't nobody give a fuck who y'all. Yeah, they see y'all Americans because y'all got good credit and y'all can come in here and your embassy is probably going to do better for you than some of these other countries. And y'all some obese cracker ass crackers. And, 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 and uh, they didn't impersonate no Americans because they knew Americans had enough money to get their asses over there. They didn't have to pay nobody to wear an American jersey that, that was from Sri Lanka. Okay? So, yes, everyone knows who we are already. We don't need to sing a goddamn kindergarten preschool ass song about it and try and make it into a soccer chant. It's embarrassing. That's your intellectualism getting in the way. It's not intellectualism. It's me just <laughs> saying you. You're right to here. Say, no, no. You oh, try no, to come no. out here and say we embracing white supremacy when it's been when when, when yeah. you're talking about me and Pedro. Been we grew up in the hood. We've been hood. Right. We've been nothing but hood. We've been. It don't matter. White supremacy expresses hood. itself in all different families. hoods. That's the point. We got white supremacy owns your hood. Yeah. That's the point. No, no black person, right. no white person owns our hood. Our right. hood got burnt don't the fuck up. Anybody. We went through the gang violence of L.A. We yeah, it can be that, that but it can you also embracing no white supremacy here. If you want to say, if you want to say, I didn't say embrace. I say internalize. Internalize is different than embracing it. Internalization versus embracing. Internalize shit. We we've internalized all forms of racism against ourselves and that are against others. No white supremacy though. That's what I'm saying. You coming out of you coming out of left field. With nah, that. see you you too vehemently denying it instead of left. thinking about the fact that you are using supremacy. the white man's tactic to vilify the messenger about a point that I think is valid. The point is valid. I'm, the point is valid. If I said, he, I said the double question, standard point is valid. Calling into question the an issue. Standard. And 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 if LeBron isn't the biggest. Uh, most accessible person are we in talking as an athlete asked us how i felt about what he said know. that's not embracing white supremacy i told you how i felt now don't and then call, you went on the diet about what he i ain't never been one to call started, uncle started going off on him instead of talking about the issue you the issue. doing the same shit by saying i'm embracing white supremacy well, no, i'm doing call, that to counter as a black man you should never call out another black man i'll be real I'll be real. You know what? Like, you can't call it. What, wait, hold on, Aaron, nigga. You call out niggas every goddamn day, nigga. What are you talking about? You call out for not for not being a nigga. I don't never call out a nigga for not being a nigga. I'll call you out for being a nigga. You said Drake nigga. deserves to have his black card revoked. No, Drake deserves to have his life revoked. Canadians is soft and don't got a brother card. They don't have one. And I agree. I stand by that shit. I'm talking about black men here in America. You know what, Jared? For you, selling out me and Pedro calls white supremacists and saying that we destroyed a race, Snow Bunny, Jared, you did not say destroy the race. <laughs> Snow Bunny, Shannon Sharp, you're the biggest and strongest of everybody on the list, so I'm going to have to sentence you for 10,000 lashes for conduct unbecoming a black man and saying that no black woman can make you happy. 10,000 lashes for Snow Bunny, Shannon Sharp. Come on, this nigga got to put out the belt like uh, Dr. Ubar. 20 lashes, Jared. Uh, 20 lashes. <laughs> <laughs>
This is woke Jared coming across right now. Y'all better recognize. <laughs> 20 lashes. Nobody uh, calling us out. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying though, is that I don't want it to get so caught up on arguing like that it's LeBron. Like, I think LeBron brought up a valid point. That's all I'm getting at. I think he brought a valid point that isn't about the, the Jerry Jones thing. I think, I, yeah, the, I think it's about the double standard that these that. athletes, these athletes are asked questions about things when they want to ask them questions about it but then they don't ask the question. So it's like, it's putting the stimulus out there. They control what the stimulus is, what the question is going to be, unless the player has a specific directive of what they want to say in that moment. And a lot of times they're tired or they aren't the most woke motherfuckers. Their life is caught up with marketing, basketball, whatever sport they're doing, meetings, everything that goes around with that. And they don't have the time to be as well-informed necessarily because that's not what they professionally do. And so, yeah, I get that. I'm just saying is I appreciate him for at least you can still inform questions. yourself. You, if you're going to try to inform yourself, you can form. They got time. A mm-hmm. basketball player now, Jerry, yeah. don't give me no bullshit talking about they ain't got no time to inform themselves. No, that's why, that's why don't that's give why me I no bullshit. That's like, why I appreciate no, I'm not giving you bullshit. I'm saying is that I said most of these guys, they want to they, like and that's that's uh, it's a bigger issue within societies now is like, what is your activism? How are you being somebody who is creating an improvement for for the society around you? Or are you being an activist or are just taking part in the benefits of activism? And so there's a pro idea of being an activist and being an activist in your own way. Right. And one of the main ways you can do that is through your money and how you put where you put your money and where you put your your energy with that. Like you got a lot of people who are being asked questions about activist type shit, and especially in this climate. And so I think that's important for us to like understand, like how these different lenses and layers are being placed upon us that are then shaping our perspective on what true activism is or what it means to actually, you know, what I'm saying deal with some of these social issues when it's only being dealt with on a very, you know, what I'm saying surface le- level. That's why I was so mad in 2020 when they came back to play and I I was like, I didn't want them to come back to play. You know what I'm saying? They got some good stuff done, but it wasn't as deep rooted as I thought they could have really pulled it out to be. So I just, I'm just saying LeBron, yes, not as woke as he wants to portray himself to be and not as big an activist as he wants to portray himself out to be. But the least he can do is at least speak some of this stuff into existence or, or, or being thought about. And in that way, I give him a little bit of credit for at least asking that question and leaving it at that as something to kind of just shake up the, 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 the framework by, by which those media members were coming at their job. Granted, they're NBA media members, so they're not going to ask you the hard-cutting questions. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Anyways, in other news, 